Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessing tonight. Lord, as we come before your holy word, we ask you to speak to our hearts, minister to our spirits. Thank you for your great blessing, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. All right. How many are glad to be in church? Good. We thank the Lord for another Tuesday service. Amen. Your dry season is over. I said your dry season is over. Can I hear a loud amen? I said your dry season is over. Amen. God is about to water you. I see God watering you. And you are going to bear much fruit. I said the dry season is over. Hallelujah. So we thank the Lord for tonight. And uh, we are still going to be sharing about the underground church. Turn with me to Genesis. Turn with me to Genesis. Take it away. Turn with me to Genesis. Genesis. Are you there? Now, there are different things that I want to share with you, but I'll just go as I'm led. And um, I want you to just listen very carefully. Now, in the underground church, um, because we are building a new church, the same thing but new. Bible says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Same earth but new. And same heaven but new. And there was no more sea. The sea is where the beast comes from. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? And um, so God is going to bless us. Now, most of the time in our lives, we are not able to recognize the hand of God working. You get it? So, when God's hand is moving, we attribute it to chance. So, chance or God? Which one is it? Chance or God? So, that, that could be the title of my message. God or chance. So, most of the time, you know, we are 
not aware of the hand of God guiding matters in our lives. Especially when things go well. We often attribute um, we often attribute things to good chance. For instance, we being here in Kolegono, it looks as though it just happened that this church got a place in Kolegono. And so we came here. And then we ended up being here. So you don't think much of the hand of God doing anything. Another thing is, you come to this church, you could have been in another church, but you ended up being in this church. You could have been in a hundred different churches, but you are here. And because most Christians believe more in chance, good luck, good fortune, coincidence, than they believe in the hand of God. When the hand of God is moving, they cannot and do not recognize it. Do you understand? What do you think? For instance, to be here as I'm preaching about what I'm preaching looks like, well, that's, we came to church and that's what they preached. But there are many people who are not here tonight. There are many who could be here but are not here. Maybe you are supposed to hear something 21 times for your judgment to be full. And so maybe this is number 19. And you hear 20 and you hear 21, then you will die. Do you understand? But we think that it's just another Tuesday service or another message along a certain line. So maybe God has decided to urge you and encourage you to do his work 21 times. He's encouraged you 19 times. 20 and 21 are coming and then case closed on you. Sometimes the way people die gives you the feeling of chance being a great factor. Coincidence. And so on. Now, that coincidence and chance theory is often refuted by the death of great people in the Bible. For instance, John the Baptist, who died on, in and on and around the birthday of who? Herod. And because his daughter was a good dancer, and she had been for dancing classes, and she really came and performed and made her father happy. So she was put, he died, you know. But Jesus said that there is no greater prophet or any person who has come that is greater than John the Baptist, born of a woman. Can it be that the greatest human being and the greatest prophet that ever existed, all right, will die because it's, some foolish man feels happy and says, whatever you want, I will give you. And a wicked woman 
who wants to delete her enemies feels that this man is a problem and he must go. And so her wickedness is enough to cancel the plan of God in the greatest prophet that ever existed. When you look at it carefully, you realize that it cannot be a chance or it cannot be coincidence that is leading to John the Baptist's elimination. There must be some divine hand in it. Amen. There must be. And the barrenness of um, Elizabeth, the mother, almost all the people who were barren in the Bible were divinely barren. None of them was a curse, as people think. You would think that everyone who, maybe somebody who does not have a child is a curse. But everybody in the Bible was rather a divine thing. There was no person who would not have a child who was not specially chosen by God for some reason. And John was not born because if he had been born earlier, he would have been about 70 years old when Jesus came. And you see these young, young boys who have come in the ministry now and they feel they know everything and so on. He would have been like a father and he may have developed certain spirits. Giving bad advice to young, zealous men of God. But he, she, had to, she had to delay. She had to, she had to not have a child and almost die without it. It was the hand of God. But I think we are very much... See, that is why when people are going to do it, it's like, even Christians, what will they say? Good luck. We, we, we understand luck. And we believe in luck. That's why we have games like Lucky Dip. Lotto. Try your luck. And we believe in lucky things. Ain't raffles and other things are popular up till today. And the whole of the human race believes in chance. One day somebody went to Belgium and she got a job. So I called and I said, what job did you get? She said, I'm working for a lotto company. I said, lotto in Belgium? I thought Belgians and white people they don't believe so much in such. She said, it's the biggest business here. So it shows you that no matter how developed the human beings are, they have great faith in chance. And great faith in luck. Lucky dip, lotto. So it's like you are in lighthouse just because, you know, it just happens that you knew somebody. Oh, you could have been here, you could have been here, you could have been here, you could have been here. So, when you see yourself in a particular situation, you don't respect it. You see, Jacob and Esau. That people don't understand when they say Esau despised his birthright and so on. But it's like he got two things from Esau, Jacob. He got two things from Esau, which were Esau's. 
One was a birthright and one was a blessing from a father, spiritual. The birthright is the things that come based on the natural circumstance of your life. That he came first. They, they were two and he came first. The, the natural circumstance of his life. How he, when he came, sir, you were first. Said, eh? So, because you were first, this, 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 this the, the nature of his life, eh? how his life was as a woman, as a man, the best things that come that are your right because of how you were born. That's what, that's what he despised. Until now he turned into nothing. Esau. Yeah. There are people who are Ashantis. They don't know the value of being an Ashanti. There are people who are Ghanaians who want to be Americans. There are Ghanaians who want to speak like Americans, sing like Americans, behave like Americans. Anything now, you will never amount to anything. Because you have despised your birth circumstance. Are you listening to me? Yeah. How you are. By the time you come to your realization, realize that you are uneducated. God has a plan for an uneducated person. God has a plan for how you are by the time you come to your senses. But people are always trying to change. And they don't respect it. But that's another message. There is no room for chance in a Christian's life. You are not a fish in the sea who may be taken in an evil day. You may be caught or you may not be caught. Are you a fish? Because in Ecclesiastes, the Bible says, as a fish is taken in an evil day, in a net, so it evil also comes and it's not the restore to the swift. So those type of scriptures give you an impression that it's like we are just walking by luck and by chance. But there is no luck and there is no chance. And there are many scriptures. I just want to read some of these scriptures for you to understand that there is a divine plan for God to summon you and give you yet another chance. I said maybe this number 19 out of 21. That are coming up. Let me just give you these scriptures that you know already. Romans 8, 28. I think you all know Romans 8, 28. What does it say? And we know that all things. Don't assume people know. They don't know. Turn to it. You didn't know. Stop pretending. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are the called according to his purpose. And then he goes on and says, and whom he did for know. He knew already. He also did predestinate. Already destination has been set. Yes. 
I said, your destination has been set. One day, I sat, I sat on a flight, and they said, this American Airlines so-and-so number, the AA54, this is the flight to Sao Paulo. And sometimes I sit on a plane, they said, this is the flight to Amsterdam. This is the flight to New York. This is the flight to... Because each plane has a destination. Should in case you have gone to the wrong aeroplane with the wrong destination... Should in case. <laughs> there is a destination for you already prepared according to God's plan. Whom he did for no. Whom he did for no. Whom he did for no. He did predestinate. Predestined. You, you, you see? God has already planned things. He knows things. So I'm just trying to explain that. There is no chance. As for that doctrine of chance, I met Big Daddy by chance. I knew him by chance. I saw him by chance. I waved to him by chance. He got to be my brother-in-law's friend by chance. And this and this by chance. No! There is nothing like that in this church or in any church. I say your dry season is over. <laughs> I say your dry let me hear your loud amen your dry season is over because when you you see sometimes certain things happen it makes you feel sad you feel as though God doesn't know maybe God is planning the life of important people and he has left you but tonight I want you to know that he knew about you and he has given your destination already There is nothing like chance in the church. Chance started and ended in the world, but when you are in the church, chance is over. If you hear a certain message, chance is over. The message that you are hearing, the fact that you are alive, you are listening, there is no chance about it. All things work together. Can you believe that all things work together? God knew already. God knows already. All including the bad apparently but look, most of the bad things are the best. I give you an example. The disciple, listen to me, who helped Christ most was on earth. The disciple who helped Christ most huh? with finances, with payments, administrative work, sorting out bills, paying taxes, sorting issues was Judas. After he finished phase one of his ministry, the disciple who helped most for the ultimate calling for the cross and for him to climb the cross and actually complete the salvation of mankind for his blood to start flowing when the blood started flowing there was a song that was composed in the spirit what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus the blood had to start flowing at Calvary 
but somebody had to organize for this precious blood to start flowing from Calvary it was no other person than people who may think that is the worst thing that happened to employ such a person yeah the one who helped Peter was actually being used by Satan Peter was opposed to me when I'm here whilst I'm around this cross issue is not coming on <laughs> sometimes it's only at the end that you see that the difficult thing was the main thing the main thing was the painful thing the main thing was the hard thing amen so you see you have to take away all those you know i came around i was feeling tired so i came i was you know this so i didn't come i was this this one so day this this those, those things it's not in church let, let me read another verse to you second corinthians you are, you are in romans eh? go to second corinthians chapter four for verse 15 for all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God huh? all things are for your sake and a bad thing in your life is for your sake this man is for your sake President Rollins was in Ghana for 20 years for our sakes President Kufo has come for our sakes Whoever is coming after him for our sakes, at least as far as we are concerned, all things are for our sakes. That's why I've stopped fighting poverty in Africa. I've stopped fighting underdevelopment in Africa. I'm rather using it to launch my gospel, the gospel of my Jesus, because. The places that are very rich, they don't even listen to my gospel. Indeed, I have seen that the poverty is actually helping me to have an opportunity to put up my tent and to preach my gospel, the gospel of Christ. So that thing which we are binding, cursing, I'm not into development, I'm into Christ. I'm into Christ. Let them spoil the country. As they spoil it, we'll be preaching. John Wesley, when he started his, the, the church, you know, when you read the background, you see that it was the poorest, most difficult time. They had diseases like the plague. The average life expectancy was 35 years. Yeah, you live to be 35 and you die. And the people, no rich person listened to it. It was the poor people, minus thieves he used to minister to condemn prisoners that was one of his favorite people go to a place where the person is condemned to die then he talks to the person for, about salvation and he leads the person to christ and so you see that that was the era in which the gospel could spread go to england now and put up your tent we we'll call all kind of police all kind of whatever to arrest you this and that and whatever All things. 
if you believe in that, you will never be afraid to die. You know that if you are dying, it must be a very good thing that you are dying. It's for your sake. There's no chance in the church. The church is not by chance. You are not here by chance. It's divine. So, all the things you see, sometimes it's when something looks very wild, then you say, ah, God's hand. But even the natural, it's God working. He's working. God is great. He has destined, look, before you were born, you were destined. I mean, is it possible? Destined. There was a time I wanted to change my name. So I went to check the meaning of my name. Dag. What does Dag mean? And I checked and I found out that Dag means brightness. I said, hey, maybe it's a good name. (laughs) And I don't have to change it. So I decided to keep it. Before I was born, I believed that God knew what he was going to do. You know, John Wesley, he was in the house one day and his whole family. And I think the father was a pastor and they hated his preaching or I don't know what. So one night, somebody came and threw fire into their house at about 3 a.m. And the whole house got bent. There were eight children. And the father went and collected all the children running and he said even at the end they jumped through the window but the mother John Wesley's mother was pregnant so she couldn't jump out of the window so she took off her clothes naked there was fire in the door and ran through walked through the fire and came out when they stood there they counted one two three four five six seven father mother remained at one Suddenly, they looked upstairs in the attic. Here came out the Methodist church. John Wesley was the only person left in the room up there. Five-year-old baby boy. He was asleep at the top of the house. And they counted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Remainder one. And the one was upstairs. (laughs) Hey! Is it possible that the Methodist church was up in the roof and God was going to let the Methodist church be bent? God knew. God knows. I said God knew. God knows. He knows about your life before you are born. When you are born, why you are born, what you are coming here to do, he knows about it. And they look up at the window. And there they count the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Remain a one. And the upstairs, he opened the window at the attic. And they said there was no way they could enter the house. The whole house was aflame. He was at, in the attic. That is in the roof. At the top, there's a room sometimes they call it attic. And he was there, and there was no way that he could come out. 
And so the father, even, they even gave up hope for many him to go. Then some people came and said, let's form a human ladder. And they stood one on top of each other's shoulders. And they went and they plucked him out of the fire. And they brought him to the ground. Ladies and gentlemen, I came to tell you tonight, your life is not a chance. That's the Methodist church that was taken out of the fire. Hey! You cannot die when God has not decided that you should die. You cannot do anything unless God has decided that you should do it. Nothing can happen unless God, once you are a believer, I tell you by the hand of God, you shall live not by luck, not by chance, not by coincidence. Ah, I was amazed. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Where is one of the children? Upstairs, five years old. He called himself later on in life. A brand plucked out of the fire. And his whole life was destined to pluck people out of the fire. He, 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 when he was about 41 or 51 years old, he thought he was going to die because he became very sick. He wrote the, what must be written on his tombstone, everything. Set it down, ready, write this. A brand plucked out of the fire. <sighs> But God said, no. He lived to be 92, 90 something. There were more than 40 years coming. He said, you will die. When I have not finished, when he was 60, 70, he said, I feel no pains. I feel no disease in my body. I don't feel any abating of my strength. He sat on horses galloping, 65, 70. He said, I feel no weakness and nothing. When he was in 80 something, he said, the only thing is when I'm reading with candlelight, I find it a little difficult to see. With the candle, there was no electricity. <laughs> and you say it's by chance. Everything is by luck. Everything is by chance. You are sitting here. God has stretched out his hand to you to offer you to work. Not every church where they stretch out hand and ask work. Not every church where they say, come and be, have a small group. And John Wesley, I tell you, his work, small groups small groups. It's small, 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 small. That is how. In fact, if you don't have a small group, you, don't, you are not a shepherd. You know, to me, you have not been affected by my ministry. Everybody here must have a faithful small group. Somehow. Maybe you belong to a small group, but a time has come. You must I mean, if whether it's your house, there must be people you are preaching to. Listen. Listen. All that we do is that, and anybody who doesn't have that small group, a shepherd, you are teaching people, whether it's in your house, we are having these house groups now, ministries, whatever, you are not really in the ministry. You've never started your ministry. You need that the starting point. That's the start. You have not entered. You have not started. Being singing in the choir is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having a group. You must have, no matter what you do, you must have the people that listen to you where you feed them. That is the ministry. And to be faithful and to have a hand over you 
People don't know how great it is to be a hand. When that centurion was called by where Jesus and he was explaining to Jesus, listen, I send people. I say, go, come. And people obey me. He said, he explained why people obey him. He said, because I'm a man under authority. He said, I, I, I have authority. I am under somebody. Antina, people listen to me because I'm under someone. They know that I am under someone. There is no chance in the church. And the underground church, it is not by chance that God has brought it up now. We are going to build from the under. Whether your house is in Kanesio, your house is in Kolegono, wherever, woman or man, I want you to be a... And that was one of the things about John Wesley. He saw his mother when his father traveled, his mother organized fellowship. About 200 people came to the house. So he saw his mother preach. So women can preach. So he to where he started, he didn't see why women shouldn't preach. Because his mother was, and his mother said, I have determined to pay special attention to this particular boy when he came out of the fire. Because I think the hand of God is upon him. When he was small, I said, I've determined the way he was saved from the fire. Turn with me to Genesis. Eliaiza. Eliaiza of Damascus. I'm closing. Eliaiza of Damascus. Do you know Eliaiza of Damascus? He's a certain guy, but he's a great guy. He's more spiritual than most charismatics. And Abraham said unto his elder servant of his house, that ruled over all he had. Everybody should take note. He had children, but he had a servant. And the servant was even higher than his son. Because depending on how you behave yourself, you can even be above the children. He said, put your hand and pray that there will, you will not take a wife of my son unto these Canaanites. But thou shalt go in verse 4. To my kindred. Alright? Are you there? Do you know Eliezer? Eliezer in Genesis 24. Okay. Genesis 24. Eliezer of Damascus. Huh? <laughs> now. Eliezer of Damascus. Listen to me. I, I want you to see something. You can read it when you go home. Listen, God said, Abraham said to him, don't, I don't want my child to marry these type of people. You know, and you see, sometimes you'll be better off obeying. I think Isaac was obedient. I don't know. Because they sent a servant to go and bring a wife. And he was in the field. And they brought a woman. And he just accepted her. That's what my father wants me to marry. And I've married her. In Tina, he turned out to be a blessing. Whereas you see, uh, Isaac, he gave birth to Jacob and Esau. And Esau went and married this Canaanite woman. But it was a grief unto his father and his mother. Now, when he sent him, Eliezer had to find a wife. How can you find a wife from a town? Let's say somebody sends you. Lavel, go out. Go to the door. And somebody says, come to Lighthouse and find a wife for my son or for yourself 
<laughs> so walk into the church. Walk into the church. Walk into the church and find a wife. Who are you going to choose? Find a wife. <laughs> what, what are you looking for? You are looking. You have found a wife. <laughs> okay, sit so down. I don't know what basis, whether you are using your eyes. <laughs> or do you know that sister? Do you know her? Or your eye caught her? Eye. <laughs> it's not by chance that your eye caught her eye. <laughs> Now, notice verse 12. And he said, O Lord God of my master, Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day. Today I'm going to show you the equation that converts chance into divinity. You see, chance is no more chance when a certain factor comes in. What changes chance and coincidence into divine hand of God? I will show you. And he said, O Lord God of my master, Abraham, I pray thee send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master, Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come to draw water. Verse 14. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink. And she shall say, drink. And I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby I shall know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. And it came to pass that before he had done speaking. Behold, Rebekah came out of whom was born to Bethuel the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother with her pitcher upon her shoulder and the damsel was very fair to look upon a virgin now you see he didn't say let her be a fair woman let her be a virgin he said the first one that comes and it happened that she had all these qualities neither had any man known her and she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up and the servant ran to meet her and said let me I pray thee drink a little water of thy pitcher and she said drink my lord and she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again unto the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And now notice verse 21 is the verse I wanted to see. And the man wondering at her held her peace to wit, whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. The man was just looking and saying, hey, God, I'm just wondering, is, I mean, has God blessed my journey? Eh? 
He was just wondering to see what God... Because he had converted from chance to divinity. Divinity is God's involvement. When you say you have a master's in divinity, the study of God, divine. And that conversion had come about by prayer. He made a prayer and he said, Lord, let it be that your will shall be done. And whatever happened from that moment, he considered it as the hand of God. And most of us are far more spiritual than Eliezer of Damascus. But you don't have the ability to see the hand of God when it is happening. Instead of standing back and wondering at the message that I have come to preach to you and at the message that God or that somebody has told you or that a dream that you've had or that something that you've met in the church or how things have turned out. You don't believe in God. You have to stand back wondering, wow, Lord, I'm looking at what you've done. Look at the person that, before I even finish speaking, this is what I said, and I believe it. When Rebecca got married, she did not have a child for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. That one too was also the hand of God. <laughs> God is great. That's why the Muslims say, Allah u Akbar. Which means God is great. The, the belief must be in God. Do you believe in God? Believe in God. When you pray and even you marry a monster, that monster is ordained by God. Yeah. God is great and has sent the monster to your life to discipline you and remove certain things from your life. Yeah, it is the hand of God. Yeah. The mighty hand of God. When you pray, once you've prayed, assume that everything is the greatness of God working in your life. Believe in that. Believe in that. Whatever you find yourself, if you find yourself dying, give glory to God. Say, God. I give glory to you that at this time you have seen that it is time for me to depart for something better. I used to think that it was by chance that we came to Kolingo, but I believe that maybe some people came to pray in this area some years ago. You know, like these divine healers and other, there were great moves of God here. Praying for the, these people here. That there should be a light here. There should be salvation it should be mercy. And Eliza said, oh God, you have not left your servant destitute of mercy and truth. He believed that the first girl, why not the second? Why not the third? He believed that the first one. Because he had prayed. What was there? That's God. That is God. How the thing is moving. That's God. Maybe they didn't allow you to stay. That's God's hand. Whatever it is, believe. It's God. That's God. Do you believe in God or you don't believe in God? 
Do you believe in God or you don't believe in God? All the bad things I've had in your life is God. Ah, unless you don't believe in God. That's how Jesus was. He allowed them. I've come to see that all the, if you take the prodigal son, if the Siniazo had in the famine, he would never have come home. He would have been at that wrong place. The Siniazo was necessary and very good. And there arose a great famine. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him to, to he, he adopted him as his son and said, oh, I take you as my own beloved son. No! He sent him to the field to feed swine. He was never accepted at that place. He had no favor. The Bible said, and no one gave unto him. That one too was the hand of God. And no one gave unto him. In his brokenness, no one helped him. Predestination to return to your father's house. A famine, a citizen of the country, the swine, the fields, and the fact that no one gave unto all these work together to bring him to the right place. But many of us, we just believe in riches and money. And we have a formula. A, B, C is God's hand. God will never fit into your box. That box you've made that this is God. This is high. He will, not, he will let some people die early and some people die late. You will, your formula will never work. You watch and see. Your formula for long life. It will never, you will see that something will break that formula just now. Your formula for prosperity that somebody will give and still the thing will not work. Somebody will give, you become very rich. Ah. Your principles and your formula will never work. God is the one that will work. Oh. If your formula was to work, then God has now been reduced to your formula. But I believe in the hand of God. God had a way of doing everything. I believe, how many believe in God with me? There is a scripture, Psalm 37 verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Wow. That one too is by chance. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Acknowledge, in all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall not mind thee. He shall guide and direct thy path. Let me tell you something. I respect and admire all the churches from Catholics to charismatics. But every church has an emphasis. If you have joined this church, remember, not everybody is attracted to me when I preach. Do you understand? There are some people who are irritated by my preaching. I remember one sister, she, she told me, she said, I was preaching on television and then her mother was looking and said, they look at her, is this preaching? Is this preaching? And they just switched the thing off. They took the remote. Pew! But you see, she loved my preaching. She came to the church and she joined the church fully. Even though her mother took the remote and pew! <laughs> because if you look at me, you realize that my style of preaching is different from, let's say, Bishop Duncan Williams. It's different from Dr. Odabel. It's different from uh, Bishop Arjuna Sari. I'm different. I'm also different. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not everybody likes it. But maybe you like it. God made you, God made you like it. I said, God made you like it. Because you could easily not have liked it. 
but God made you like it for a reason. Now that he has made you like it, you have to start saying, hey, this is my liking. <laughs> there is a reason. It's a divine like. Somebody said, oh, but I mean liking to that one too. Is it, I mean, a miracle? Yeah. God, it, it, as for desire, it can be a curse, it can be a blessing, it can be a divine calling. Can, because God said to Eve, as a curse, you will desire the man. And the man will beat you, but you will still you desire him. So you see, so you see the ladies, they want a man. The man will beat them, he'll be unfaithful to them, but they want a man. Still. Still. It's a curse. So the desire is not natural, it's from God. God put the desire there. You see these things about him, but still I'm going with my heart. They are going to last me. Like afflicity, you are heading towards the light. Do you know afflicity? The termites and the insects, they fly to the lights. When the lights are off, eh? and the lights are on, the light will burn. As soon as they touch it, the, the light may and they, they become like grilled, grilled afflicities. Fried afflicity. All you need to do is add salt. And you see, they keep going. We are going to die, but we are going. We are going to die, but we are going. We are going to die, but we are going. And they keep going. It's a desire. It's not natural. God did it. So even your thinking, God is at work in you to make you will to do. So please, don't take it light because I realize some of you are taking things lightly. All right? Some of you are taking things lightly. Some of you are taking things lightly. Don't take it lightly. God has called you. Some of you are great pastors. If you don't do your small group, you will never have your ministry. If you don't do your small group, you will be nothing. You sing in the choir, but if you don't do You see the choristers, many of them have backslidden because they never grew and went forward. Until now, you don't see many of them on the stage today. You find somebody somewhere, some of them are becoming homosexuals because they are not becoming spiritual and you keep on staying in the church maybe this is the last message before your homosexuality starts yeah. a failure when you fail to take this one seriously you will turn into kojo besia <laughs> is it kweku besia or kojo besia Turn into Kojo Basia because when I preach about the work of God, you became irritated. When I talk about having it, because you will not study the word, you will not buy books, you will not listen to tapes, you will not pray on your own. You just come and shout in the church, but there's nothing in you. You are empty, an empty shell, empty head. You don't listen, and you have 25 messages. Until God said, This is the last message. After that, he will move his covering. The next time you see, Kojo Bessia will come to you and say, Hey, hi. Would you like to come to our club tonight? We want to take you to our club. Uh, what do you think? And they'll be doing like that. 
Sí, God has given you up. He has dashed you to the devil. He has dashed you to the devil. Some of you have been advised to read the loyalty book. You won't read it. God will dash you to become Judas. You will become a Judas fully. Because you wouldn't read when we tell you read. Use strategies and come and write exam. But you will not read it. You don't study it. So one day, you will find out. <laughs> that you have become Judas. And you ask, how did I become Judas? One day we told a certain brother, write an exam. He, he was a pastor. Instead of writing the exams. Instead of writing the exam. Eh? He was annoyed. He said, what is this exam? Everyday exam. His church members were passing and he was failing. I think he had about 26%. No wonder today he has turned himself into an orangu. The last I heard of him, I don't want to say where I heard of where he was. Because when God wants to punish you, one day a certain brother, his father said to him, he said, he said of him, he said, the wind is against him. The wind. Look, when the wind is against you, you sail and sail and sail, but you don't get anywhere. I saw that, but I was in a certain shop, and I saw he went to a going shopping with his wife. They looked very nice. They had a big trolley, and they were going shopping, and they were moving like that. And they were going. His wife was by him, and he was pushing it. They were, the, the, the trolley was full of frying pans and cooking pans. But his father had lifted his hand and said, the wind is against him. So when I, I was also in that shop and I saw, I said, hey, look at the wind is against him. Look at him there. He is pushing frying pan, but he doesn't know that the wind is against him. The last that I heard of him, his church which he has started has scattered into pieces. He has gone to follow some different girls, sleeping with different people. Everything is dissipated into thin air. Because he didn't know that the wind was against him. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes God will offer you and offer you and offer you and you say, to whom much is given. You see, the Bible says that because much has been given, your judgment will be greater. Your judgment will be greater. You keep watching me. You treat me as a star. I am a star. Have you made me a star? Do you make me a star? A human being like you? Can you make me into a star? Instead of thinking what God wants to make you out of, you are making heroes of men of God as though they are football stars or, or, or singing, singing uh, stars. Instead of you yourself concentrating on working, what can one person do? What can one man do? I can do very little with my life if you don't also rise up and work and you also don't reach out and win a lost soul. When I was coming to church this evening, I passed by the medical students uh, where we started our church. The little classroom there. Oh, God, you know what I saw? When I got to, I, when I got there, I was so touched. I saw medical students, a medical student who had started a church in the same room where I started this church. He has gathered a few people and he's preaching to them. In fact, he has even gone to the district. Just as I went to Suhum, he has also gone and his assistant is there. And they have started a church. I was there 20 years ago, 19, 
85. And even though we are full up here, full to the back upstairs, everywhere is full. There are people there. And there are people who will not come here. That means that everybody can. And when I saw, I said, this young man, he's starting his ministry. He's a medical student and he believes in God and he's doing something. He has his small group and he's forcing to do something. I said, what is the name of your church? He told me. I said, God. But he said, this year we started Sunday. Said, and he said, by the grace of even some medical students come. I said, God bless. I said, I, when I came to church, I said, Reverend Saki, come and let me show you something. I carried him in my car. I said, let's go. Come and see something. With your eyes. The guy is standing there in the small room with a few people. And he started his meeting, and you are sitting there. Hey, hey we've got lighthouse. I said, whatever. People are starting. You are sitting under clouds and under coverings, and you don't know what you have. Keep watching. The same pulpit I stood, I went and I stood there. I just wanted to walk there. I said, My God. 20 years ago, I came here in 1985. We are in the year 2005. In fact, it should be 2004. It will be 20 years. 20th year. <laughs> and here we are. You sit down, keep watching. You will, I wrote books for you and read. Others from nowhere who have, don't have the protection, the covering, the encouragement, the divine types of messages, shakings and mixtures of messages and different things, parables today, this one tomorrow, Bebelos, another day, a chance and something, another day. They don't have it, but they believe in God and they are doing something. You keep watching me, young man. You will see when you turn into homosexual, remember that I told you, you will become a Kojo Besia when you don't obey the word of God. You will see that something will turn you into something because you wouldn't listen. Then it reached a point and something else has to start coming in your life. Because the thing which should come, you are refusing it to. Another wind is coming for you. If you were not here, do you know where you will be? You see, you must know that nature abhors a vacuum. When you don't have something, something else. If you were not married to who you are, you'll be married to somebody else. It's that simple. If you are not in this church, you'll be somewhere else. You will not just be sitting and looking to the sky. You will be somewhere else. Don't take it lightly. People are doing their best without all this encouragement. Look, I have come talking to you, showing you Eliza of Damascus. It's not by chance. This and that, John Wesley. I mean, what else do you want to hear? What else do you want to hear? Oh, please. A woman, you are here, you don't have a group. A man, you are here, you don't have a group that you are teaching. And he had this Bible talking to the people. I, called, I came to church. I said, Reverend, I come and see. He was one. I said, you just follow me. I drove him back to the I said, we stood here. This is the room. And somebody has come 20 years, he's standing in the same room, with the same chairs, he's starting. I was touched. I said, God bless you guys. You see, we are full up here, but still there are people elsewhere. No matter how full we are, even just at this room here, there will be space for you to gather 20 people. And they will be there. Yeah. No matter how many people are in one place. And I thought about it. I saw the corridor. And the corridor was quite narrow. But I remember having Tuesday service there. I made a Tuesday service. Tuesday service. And I made a chair in a, around this. And I used to sit there. And I used to sh- open the Bible and preach from the Bible. And you wouldn't do that. You call my son. You, you say you are my son. And you used to go, Papa, uh, Daddy, you are my son. Of what is the basis of my, being my son? What is the basis of calling me Daddy or Papa? <laughs> <laughs> 
You might as well say Twinkle. You might as well call me Rambo. Or you might as well call me any other Mickey Mouse. Any other name you want. What's the basis of calling yourself my son? I think now, uh, when somebody calls me that, I'll say, oh, Mickey Mouse, you've mixed, you've mixed the name. You should have called me Donald Duck or Mickey Mouse. People are starting on. People are having their groups. You keep watching. Keep watching the, sitting in the church. <laughs> As if you want to fall down. And you will not start. When you start doing the work, that's when you understand all the preaching. Better and better. As you see me standing here and preaching, you say, because you have passed through many things before I'm standing here. Many things. May you also pass through. I said, tonight I came to tell you the dry season is over. I said, the dry season. Can I hear your loud amen? I said, the dry, the dry season is over. Can I hear your louder amen? Can I hear your louder amen? The dry season of your life and ministry is over in the name of Jesus. It's over. It's over. A new season. The rain, showers of blessings. I said showers of blessings. Recently, I was looking through a, a magazine and I saw women. They have got this collar and so on for women. They wear the collar and so on. Ordained women. I thought to myself, wow. I want to ordain a lot of women into them. I want to ordain more. But I'm not going to ordain empty heads who are just holding the title shepherd and pastor but who are doing nothing just because you have been in the church for 13 years. Or 10 years. No. We want fruitful trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. The blessed ones of the Lord. People like Mary, chosen by God to do a work, who were faithful just to carry this child. God bless her. Blessed thou thou amongst women. May you be blessed amongst the women in the church. May you be blessed among the men in the church. May you not just be ordinary, but blessed amongst men, blessed amongst women. Holy Mary, blessed are thou amongst women. May you be blessed amongst women, special amongst women, chosen by God amongst women, ministering the love of God. Stand to your feet. Your dry season is over. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Lift your hands to the Lord. Speak to Him now, this evening. Your dry season. Your dry season. Your dry season is over. Showers of blessings are coming into the barren lands that you may bring forth much fruit. Mando Santele me kamala lunda zamande.
Glory be to God in the highest. Shaya balamono sandala makabalalandare. Oh, yes. 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 Yes, 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 yes. Oh God, Bolo Talamandos. Boro Talamandos. Boro Talamandos Ramanole Remenile Maranandele Brekeles. chose you and brought you here tonight to hear the 31st message the 20th message the 8th message the 9th message the 10th message he brought you here to listen to hear to hearken to be blessed it's not by chance the Lord is doing a great and marvelous and wonderful thing. Glory be to God. Look at me for a moment. How many ladies do we have in the church? Give me a wave. Ladies, give me a wave. Ladies, will you allow me to ordain you one day to be priests? Would you like to be priests? How many ladies would love to be priests, preachers, instead of being known as some, for something bad? Huh? But as a good person, a preacher, please, you do your best. Huh? What do you think? Would you allow me? Yeah. One day I want to lay hands on you and ordain you into the ministry. In the coming years, I want to spend most of my time appointing and anointing and ordaining commissioning, sending you. You go and do your, your best. You go and do your part. You go and do your best. Yeah. The young and the old. I want to have even among the, the, the JTF. We have pastors at 12 years old. You are a pastor. Everybody has a pastor at his age. Yes. All of us can do something. When I read about John Wesley, I realized that he didn't know what he was doing. He was just trying to do his best. That's all you need to do your best. You don't need to do anything. Just do your best. Stop sitting there and doing nothing. It's time to do our very best. Lift your hand. I want to be more like you. Jesus, I I wanna be more like Jesus. Wanna be a vessel to work. I wanna be more like Jesus. Oh Jesus, I wanna be more. I wanna be more like Jesus. 
God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.